without further ado, I know we're still receiving tithes and offerings, but this morning we have such a privilege. How many of you missed Pastor James last week and Pastor Debbie? Listen, they just came off of a powerful couple of weeks. I'm sure we're going to hear about it. Could we welcome home Pastor James this morning? Come on. Come on. What a great word, man. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. So glad to be back from a long trip. Forgive my voice a bit under the weather, but who cares? The devil will pay for that. But uh, so good to be here. Yeah, we had a powerful time. We, uh, um, we weren't able to fly for a short period of time because of my son's surgery, so we had to drive. So we literally, in two, when I returned the rental car yesterday to Enterprise in New London, she said, sir, do you realize you drove 4,300 miles on this Yukon? I was like, yeah. Has you ever seen anybody do that before? She's like, no. <laughs> She's like, not in that fast of a time span. I said, well, that's what the Lord has us to do. So, um, But it is so good to be back here with you. We had a powerful time. We were in Atlanta. I did a massive men's conference, and it was just awesome um, for the full gospel men there. There was, I think, 4,500 men. And uh, really was just a strong word, you know, about calling them back to the power of God and what, you know, what their foundation was set on. And it was just powerful. I mean, thousands of men filled with the Holy Spirit getting touched. They asked me to go to their big convention in July. So it was really awesome. And then how many are praying for us in New Haven? I need to tell you, it is awesome. I mean, awesome what God is doing there. On Friday night, so keep us in prayer. It's, it's God is just doing so many things there. Lots of we're actually going to just set up a, a page of testimonies. There's so many. There was a young man that came. He overdosed twice in one week, and God completely set him free, and he gave his life to the Lord. I mean, just so many stories like that that God is doing. So I encourage you to continue to pray uh, for us and what God is doing there, because no matter what, you 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 have a part to play in that. Are you with me? Um, this house is uh, stretching in so many ways, and, uh, and you're a big part of it. So um, anyway, I want to share with you this morning for a few minutes. If you have your Bibles, turn them with me to the book of Numbers. And if you're just arriving here, and, and maybe you're first time visiting, and you're new to what um, our series has been, the Lord has really spoke to me that this year was going to be a year of victory. And, uh, and I believe that in many areas of our life that, that, first of all, we need to understand that Christ would have it no other way that we would live a victorious life. Um, he didn't die on the cross so that you have to kind of reinvent the thing and just kind of sludge through life and struggle through this thing. That's not how it works, man. Christ died so that we would have life and life more abundant. And the Lord told me that 2017 would specifically be marked for victory, <clears throat> and he also said victory over long-fought battles. If you have the book of Numbers, say you got it, we're going to go chapter 11 here, and we're going to go verse 11 through 17. Well, at verse 10, then Moses, Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everybody at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused, and Moses was also displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I, con did I conceive all these people? Did I uh, beget them that you should say, come? 
carry them to your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers. And where am I to, to get meat to give all to these people? For they weep all over me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. Turn with me again to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You're going to go to the other side here. If you got it, say I got it. Come on, y'all are quick with it. 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to read uh, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, but God is faithful and who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but with temptation will also make a way of escape that you would be able to bear it. I believe that sometimes in life, you know, we, we, were, just in, we were just in New York City, and, and we, we kind of joke, you know, the first time I ever, we love New York City, it'll probably one day be a place that I have a, a, a place there that will be our log cabin, you know what I mean? We love it. I mean, we love everything about it, right? I got married there, have a lot of beautiful memories there, but my, my, my personal first time ever in New York City, I was driving in Jersey, and I took a wrong turn. So my first time ever, I, I pull out into this, like, intersection in Manhattan, and, and, and like, my, my heart stopped because I'm at a traffic light, and, like, a 1,000 people walk in front of me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, come take the wheel. I'm not driving in this. And from that moment, I should have realized one of the reasons we love New York City, and my wife and I say it all the time, it's just undefeated. You'll never beat the city, no matter what you do. One time, Georgina Ray was like, hey, we want to do something special for you. Let's all go on a tour together. They, didn't, they got stuck in traffic. We got stuck. We ended up going on the tour without them, and they had a rough night, and we all ate together later. It, 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 listen, it's, it's just the city. Bob and Sarah came to see us this week, pastors, and we were like, hey, we sent them the address. They ended up in Brooklyn somewhere. It took them two hours to get back to us for lunch. Listen. It's just the city. It's undefeated. It's what we love about it. You're never going to beat it no matter how hard you try. It's New York City. Everyone is humbled by New York City. I don't care who you are. It, you're humbled by New York. It doesn't matter what happens. One time I was with Seth Dahl with my wife, and we were in, uh, uh, in Manhattan, like 2 in the morning. We were engaged. Clearly didn't have kids at this point. And, and clearly I was standing in line for fries. Otherwise, there's no way I'd be up at 2 a.m. But... You know, we're in the East Village waiting for these French fries, eating at Palm Frites, and there's a, anywhere that's just a line for fried potato at 2 a.m. I mean, I want to shut this service down and eat right now. You know what I mean? So I was in line, and all of a sudden, a guy is yelling at this woman. They have a big fight. It spills out into the street, and he busts a, 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 like a metal bottle. I don't know if he hit her or hit the wall, and the glass shatters all over my wife. I mean, from head to toe, she's bleeding. The city's undefeated, friends. Listen, it's New York City. That stuff don't happen to you in Groton. Nobody cares. Do you understand me? Nobody's going to Groton acting like this. Nobody lives in Groton, friends. I'm sorry to break it to you. The city is undefeated. You, you can't. And let me tell you, I've learned over time that life is the same way. You start out in life with all these dreams and all these ideals, and the truth is, when I was in my teens and maybe even early 20s, I felt like I had this thing figured out. When you just roll into your late 20s, 30s, you start to try to implement what you thought you knew, only to realize that it didn't work. 
Life is no different. It will humble you as fast as you ever, listen, you complain about somebody else's kids until you have kids. You hear what I'm saying? You, you, you think somebody else just needs to get over their sickness until you're sick. You think somebody else's marriage is until you have to deal with crazy man now in your bed. You know what I mean? Life has a crazy way of humbling you, just like New York City, everybody will not be able to feed it. Why? Because it happens. The Bible says that we are just passing in this earth, that we're really not of this earth, that we're just going through, but the truth is we need to go through it. We are overcomers. We are all these things the Bible says, but the truth is so many people go through things and that's the last thing you see. A lot of times life knocks these Christians out, man. Everything's good when the paycheck just hit the bank and you think you can cover the bills. Man, I want to talk to you on Friday when you know your next two checks aren't going to cover your bills. Because it, it, it's like, it's like if, if you, you know, I remember I had a friend that worked at Tut Hill Nursery in Groton. I don't even know if it's still there. They used to sell plants. And you walk in and it's like, or you go to the zoo and they have like this uh, tropical exhibit. And it's like a monkey and a snake and a frog all in this hot box that just smells like poop. You know what I mean? And you walk into this in the zoo, and it's like they have the temperature just set at like 89 degrees, and they like fooled all the animals into thinking that they're in some tropical jungle. They got moss growing. It smells funky. They got the flamingos. You know what I mean? That was my best flamingo right there. That was it. I was just bang. I just hit you with the flamingo. But listen, some of you Christians, that's the only way you know how to serve God. You need all the atmosphere to be fake enough to make you feel comfortable. You need the temperature just right. You need everything around you to look like God really cares about you, and then you'll breathe. But the minute you take one of those things away, or you got to deal with real life and real problems and real issues. See, one of the things about understanding that we can overcome is understanding who you are. Moses in the book of Numbers was like, listen, he's dealing with a million and a half people that he's called to live life with, relatives that he can't relate to. And they're burdening him, and it seems like it's overbearing. And Moses literally came to the point where he was like, God, if this is how it's going to be. I'm talking about Moses, bro. Moses, who saw miracles, the power of God. He saw the, the seas parted. He was the great deliverer, Moses. And he came to the point where he was like, God, if you don't, what did I do wrong to deserve this? And if you don't change this, then just take me out, kill me. I almost want to feel like the minute you get there, then you actually can start to live. Pastor Bill Wilson, my wife served them. They do like sidewalk Sunday school in New York. They serve like 60, I'm not kidding, 60,000 kids a week in Sunday school. My wife's like 18 coming from Vancouver. And he would always tell her, I don't even listen to you until you're 30 years old. I mean, what a horrible thing to tell her. Like, I'm not even listening to you until you're 30. But when she got 30, she realized, wow. What he was saying is, I want you to have some scars. I want you to go through some things for me to go, okay, now I know you're speaking from wisdom. Now, if you're under 30, it doesn't mean you can't talk, but you really fully, you know, need to wait a few minutes. But what he's saying is, when you have a most, all of you and all of us will experience times and situations that will feel overwhelming. 
Lord knows you're going to deal with people that are a little overwhelming to deal with. But it's not until then that you realize how God's made you to be. You know, I've, I've often looked at families that went through really hard times and hardships, and it's like they overcame in a powerful way. Well, what did that have to deal with? That the fact that God made you in your core to be an overcomer. He designed you that you would, that you would overcome, and he designed you that you would be more than a conqueror. But here's what you need to understand. Dylan probably could say it better. I'm not a builder, but I'll tell you what. The roof on this house is pretty heavy. It's, all, it's a slate roof, dude. If I put this roof on your house, your house would collapse because you don't have the load-bearing capabilities that this does. Here's what you need to understand. God designed you to handle loads. Do you follow what I'm telling you? But you don't decide what, is, what load you're going to bear at the end of the project. They didn't put the piece of slate on the roof and go, do you think this will make it go over? Ah, oh, it could handle it. No, you decide how much it's going to take before you even create. But when God created you, he knew that inside of you, he gave you the capability to handle. Now, you run around nuts like I'm overwhelmed and I can't. And Man, you're just nuts, okay? You can because he created you too. And when he built you as a believer, he built you to, to, to overcome. So every single thing you face and you deal with in life, he's already counted that in to the construct of who you are that you would overcome and be able to handle this. Friends, I'm going to tell you, in Atlanta, they love this stuff. You go to the Bible Belt, they please, they want to take me out. But a lot of times we go through life and we feel like, oh, if, if one more call comes in or if one more thing, I can't even, you don't even know. It's because we forget in the core who we really are serving and who we are. There's still two trees in every opposition, in every struggle. It's not about wanting somebody else fake Facebook life. It's not looking left and right. How is this person? Forget those people. Those people aren't meant to handle your weight. Their life wasn't constructed to take on what you take on. Anything that God allows in your life is, is, is because he created you to handle it. Listen, this is crucial to walk in victory. Because as long as you walk around like you're beat up, unable to handle life, I don't know why, you don't get it, you don't understand. No, you don't. Because the fabric of your being, you're an overcomer. And when you understand that, then anything, the, 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 the Lord literally said, How, wouldn't, wouldn't you consider my servant Job? I've constructed him. I've created him to handle. I've, I've built in him the ability to take on everything that I've called him to do. And I'm telling you that, that if we're going to walk in victory this year and we're going to see victory from long battles, then we must we must understand who we are. We must understand the ability that God has given you to overcome and handle everything that he's given you in life. The truth is you are more than enough. The truth is he knows what he's doing when he created you. And the Bible is very clear that he's not going to allow you to be tempted or he's not going to allow you to be attacked more than you can handle. Yeah, there's a threshing floor, but if you're going through it, that ain't it. And you need to realize that whatever it is that comes in your way, then God has given you the ability to overcome. 
you know, it's easy to fall victim to temptations and get overwhelmed at life. You know, I, I, I was laughing the other day, you know, you watch a movie and, and there's fight scenes and there's like, there's like, there's like five, five or ten guys fighting one person. And this one person is fighting, but they all come one at a time. You realize this? They, ne- they never come at once. It's like, wha-pow, wha-pow. And I'm like, that's not real life. If you think that the attacks in your life are supposed to come in order, oh, hold on, you go first. <laughs> Most of the time, it's the opposite. You, you, you get crushed on a weekend. Do you hear what I'm saying? If the phone rings one more time, ring. It's like it can just be a weekend and everything goes crazy. It's not like the movies. But you've already been equipped before you even go through struggles. You've already been equipped to overcome. See, the problem isn't the, the Lord's side of this. And I venture to say it's not even the devil because he's pretty wise sometimes. The problem is you. You're the only one in this equation that doesn't understand who you really are. You're the one that doubts yourself and second guesses who you are and what you can handle and what God has created you to do. And then if you don't believe in yourself, then how is anybody else going to believe in you? If you don't even believe in you, then technically you don't believe in God. Because he has wired you to overcome. He has wired you to stand on his word and overcome. It doesn't matter what it is. But if you don't even believe in yourself and who God has created you to be, then technically you don't believe. Well, I didn't get the outcome I wanted to be. Well, then you're still not believing. Trust is trusting beyond our level of understanding, which is extremely difficult to do. Trust is, God, I'm trusting you. If we're going to say amen that, oh, we're going to trust God that, yeah, he knows my best interests and he's going to cover me and he knows what's going to come down the pike, then we need to trust him when it doesn't seem like it's the outcome that we want right now. So that's the thing about trust. It's easy to trust God when everything's wonderful, right? It's easy. You thank him. Oh, thank you, Lord. You answered my prayer. Thank you, Lord. I got a raise at work. Thank you, Lord. I just got fired. See, the thing about trust is he doesn't change no matter what your circumstances say. He doesn't change. How do you handle disappointment? It's very easy. He doesn't change. He never changes. His word doesn't change. His principles don't change. It, you can come up with 100 questions on this earth to disqualify him. They don't work because he doesn't change. If you're looking for a way out of this thing, it ain't going to be hard to find one. Because the enemy's ready to give you anything you want to quit. But you, what am I trying to tell you? You have been, been equipped by heaven to go through. You have been equipped by heaven to overcome. It isn't, well, what you're dealing with is worse than me, or what I'm dealing with. No, it has nothing to do with that. You have been built, the, the constructor of your life, Jesus Christ, when he made you, he knew that you'd be able to handle whatever it is that you have to go through. You don't have to feel sorry for what people are going through. Everybody's believing for a miracle. We're, we're going through whatever, whatever comes, it doesn't matter. Because God has given us the power to overcome. This is, you're not an overcomer if you haven't overcome anything. You're not a conqueror if you're not conquering anything. And so it's so important to understand that with victory is going to have to come somebody being defeated and somebody being fought. 
We need Christ to be our everything, not just a Sunday event. You have been created by design. I was thinking recently, Paul wrote, he had a thorn in the flesh and he asked three times for God to remove it. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. That's crazy. Here's a thorn in his flesh. God, why is this going on? Please remove it from my life. And you could debate all day what it is that he went through. It doesn't really matter. The point is, the answer was the same. My grace is sufficient for you. God, it's a struggle. I want this out. It hurts so bad. It doesn't matter. My grace is sufficient for you. Lord, you don't, I just need this to be removed from my life. It's that Moses moment. God, I don't even want to live when I'm facing. No, what you need to understand is my grace. My, your, the undeserved favor and mercy and love that I'm giving you is sufficient. Meaning, if you're looking at pain, you're looking at the wrong thing because I'm going to make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. That's his nature for you. But every fight and every battle, you have to make a decision what you're going to focus on in your life. If you want, your, your, your problems will make God so little because you want it that way. But if you stand on the word and you focus on God, nothing can touch you. Because it's that grace that he gives you for whatever it is you're going through. I remember years ago, my wife said, man, what if, you know, because somebody we knew went through something really, really, really bad. And and my wife's like, man, can you imagine something like that happening to us? And I said, if it did, we'd have the grace to overcome it. Because it doesn't matter what it is in life. His grace is sufficient for you. His, meaning you're pressed, but you're not crushed. Other people can look at your life and maybe even feel like you're more overwhelmed than because they can't handle your life. But I believe that you can have a perfect peace in the midst of no matter what goes on in your life, an anchor that is going to ground you, uh, that, that which nobody can understand in this life. That's what, that's what God offers you by his grace. That no matter what it is, whatever it is that you're going through, the grace of God in your life will allow you to overcome and allow you to speak into others. Because that's how good God is. Our eyes have to be fixed on what really matters. That's the unseen realm. It's the, it's, it's the, things, that, that, the things that matter, the Bible says, are the things you can't see. But how come every time we feel struggle in the natural, we naturally fight? If it's a financial pressure, then we bust out a budget book and think we're going to somehow make it happen in our own strength. If it's, a, if, it's, if it's a family member arguing against us, we like want to combat in the natural. Just because you're related to somebody doesn't mean you relate to them. Ask Moses. That was his issue. But it's important to realize that's what grace does. Grace gives you an ability to overcome and an ability to handle and not respond in the natural. It doesn't, see, see, listen, man. It doesn't take much for some of you because it's like the enemy doesn't have to do much to bait you into a fight because you're so used to living in the natural that any sign of a natural fight, you just, you run all in in the flesh and then you wonder why the kingdom principles don't work. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, the time, and I, I said it on Friday, people call me when they're dying or they're sick in their body or they have cancer and all these things. But the problem is, is you can't wait until that day comes for you to all of a sudden want to believe on the healing scriptures. It doesn't work like that, friends. Can his grace do it? Yes. I'm not going to chance that. I've learned by now it's living a life of victory and overcoming the little battles that when you face greater opposition, you know how to speak to those mountains and you know how to stand on his word. If you don't stand on promises now, then don't think tomorrow all of a sudden you're going to bust out God's little book of promises. But if we're going to walk in victory, then we need to be prepared for battle every day. We need to know who we are, how God has wired us, who we are on the very inside, and that God will not let you be tempted. He will not let you be attacked. He will not let you be overthrown more than what you can bear. He created you in the load-bearing spirit that you have that you will not be overcome. He knows what he was doing when he constructed you. He knows what he was doing when he created you. You got to believe that. You got to believe that. I never worry about this roof caving in. Believe it or not. I sh maybe I should be. I I'm just not concerned about it. And I'm, none of us will never know the people that made this. Do you understand me? They probably died 2,000 years ago. We'll never know the people that created this building. But I come in here every week and I just know it's okay. Because those men worked on buildings not like they do today. They put their blood, sweat, and tears in it. I know they did a good job. I have no concern. If I'm going to trust their earthly work, how much more am I going to trust his work in you? How much more am I going to trust his work in me? How much more am I going to trust the process that God, we are, if we are born again, then we are from a different heart, that we're from a different spirit, that he has built us to go for this thing. He has built us to overcome. That is what walking in victory is. It's not, well, if I just overcome this one thing. No, it has, it's not the way. It's living every day for him in understanding that if we stand on his word and we stand on his truth and we know who we are and who lives inside of us, then that is the overcoming life. The overcoming life isn't about your circumstance. It's about you. It's not about your sickness. It's about you. It's not about the struggle. It's about you, meaning God in you, the overcomer. So when I go through things, I don't focus on the external. It's who, who, oh, yeah, that's right. Doesn't matter what it is, I'm ready for it. Because he has given me the ability to overcome. And this is going to be a year of victory, but it's not going to be accidental victory. It's not going to be a mistaken victory. It's going to be an absolute deliberate, God, I know you're an overcomer. And because you've overcome, I can overcome. And because you live in me, now I can I can, I can reign in this life like Romans 5 says. A lot of times you don't realize what you can handle until you go through stuff. It's when you deal with betrayal on a deep level, when you deal with pressure, mistrust, abuse, pain. You look back and realize that you did it because God is with you. This story in Numbers is so interesting because Moses basically said, I can't do it. I need help, God. You need to do something for me. And God said, we're going to raise up 70. 
70 liters. That's going to help the load, that's going to encourage you, that's going to help bear the burden. And the Bible says that 70 were raised up. And here's what blows my mind, man. The Bible says that they took the spirit of Moses. It didn't say the Lord. It didn't say Jesus. It didn't say the Lord. It said he took the spirit of Moses, the overwhelmed dude that says, kill me, I can't handle it. They took his spirit and duplicated it 70 times because that's how strong he was and he didn't even realize it. Man, you don't have a clue how strong you really are. You never realize how much God has done on the inside of you. He was overwhelmed. He said, I can't take it anymore. I need God to to bail me out or kill me. What did I do wrong? And God said, I'm going to raise up 70, but it's going to be your heart and your spirit that I'm going to duplicate 70 times so you can see the breakthrough. Man, I'm telling you, if that's the truth then, then how much more do we have now that Christ has died, lives on the inside of you, has given you all power and authority? Man, we have more than Moses would ever have. So truthfully, I want you to stop saying I can't. I want you to stop saying you're overwhelmed. I want you to stop cursing your life. Stop saying that it's overwhelming, that you can't do it anymore. All you're doing is prophesying death. I don't care if you feel it or not. You need to stand up and say, I can. I can do this. I can overcome. I'm going to get everything God has called me to get through this. I'm more than a conqueror. I am victorious. I'm I'm the head and not the tail. Christ lives in me. His grace is sufficient for me. I can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. That's what victory looks like. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. That's what victory looks like. I'm telling you, from this point forward, you need to stand on his word. You know, the Bible says in the book of James that that a tongue, It's one little thing that could turn a whole ship. A belief in who you are in Christ could change everything. How you respond to life, how how you view life, how you overcome in this life. And the only difference between a busted, battered down believer and you is who they know they are in Christ. I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, God's going to give you the power to overcome. I prophesy that to you. I'm telling you, no matter what you're facing in life, God is going to give you the ability. That's what victory looks like. Because you can walk out of this place and realize that there's not a sickness you'll deal with that God can't heal. There's not a broken marriage you're facing that God can't restore. There's not a wayward child. There's not a job issue. There's not a family issue. That whatever it is you're dealing with, God is the redeemer and he's the restorer. I mean, just by that alone, If there was somebody dying of cancer in a room, I'm telling you, when you walk in, the odds change because of who lives inside of you. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It's not enough to have an intellectual understanding of what I'm telling you. It must saturate your heart. Because tomorrow when you get bad news or something happens, I don't want you to start cursing out of your mouth. This is too much for me. I can't handle it. You don't. No, because all you're doing every single time you say is you're coming against what God has created you to be. Every single time you talk out of both sides of your mouth, you're coming against how God created you. And I'm not going to come against the creator. I'm not going to fight against his process in my life. If I'm facing it, then he's going to give me the ability to overcome it.
If I'm dealing with it, then there's going to be a grace for me to get through. That's what the overcomer looks like, man. It ain't going to be cute, but that's what it looks like. Don't listen, man. Don't buy anything else that's going to tell you otherwise. In this life with Christ, is a battle, man. But you have the victory. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you that you have created us to overcome. And Lord, no matter what we're facing in this place this morning, I thank you that your arm is not too short to stretch out. Your ear is not too uh, deaf to hear, God. You hear us, you reach us, you touch us, and I thank you for your presence in and through our lives. Lord, you've called us to be victorious. God, you've, you've called us to overcome. And we stand on that truth. We thank you, God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you that we have the victory. There's not sickness or disease or debt or poverty or anything else that can stand in the way of me in your presence. God, we thank you. And Satan, I break your power off of this place. I break your power off the mind of the people. I I render you powerless by the blood of the Lamb. You have no authority in this house. I thank you, Jesus, that we reign in you. I thank you we already have the victory. And I thank you now for the victory. Before we ever see it, I thank you now. Before we ever experience, I thank you now. You have made us victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on.
Father, we thank you, God, that this week will be a week of victory. Lord, I thank you now for divine appointments. I thank you for a revelation of who lives inside of us. And God, we stand on your word. Let us be quick to speak your word, to speak your thoughts, God. Let us be quick to stand on what we know is true. Because we will not be overwhelmed if we're standing with you. We're not, God. Lord, I thank you that he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. It's not greater than he that is with you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Father, we thank you for that, and we thank you for a week of victory and power. In Jesus' name, come on. Amen. Bless you, friends. Love you dearly.